0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Derek Palacio's debut novel, The Mortifications, was named a New York Times best book of 2016. It explores how conflicting political ideals, cultural clashes, spiritual crises, and divided passions challenge a Cuban-American family over multiple generations at the turn of the 21st century century. Palacio lives and teaches in Ann Arbor. He and his book are going to be featured next week at the Midwest Literary Walk in Chelsea. And Derek Palacio joins me now to talk about his work and uh, his appearance next week. Derek, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this book, I I, I love the structure of this book, uh, sort of telling this story over multiple generations. And I feel like, uh, so last week we had uh, Peter Ho Davies here, mm-hmm. uh, someone I, and who I know you know also in Ann Arbor, whose, whose book also sort of takes that kind of long-term cultural look at things, but through the lens of a single family. And I think that's a structure that works so well uh, not just to to tell a a sort of meta cultural story but but it tells it in this such a personal way that I think it's it makes it possible for people who are not of that culture who didn't have those experiences to sort of relate to it because sure. as families we have far more in common uh, than we do as as different cultures,
1: yeah, yeah, very much so you know and when I think about that idea of uh trying to explore that conflict across generations, you know that is uh reflective of. You know my personal and research experience with the Cuban American experience, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Which is especially we're seeing it play out now. I think with um, an attempt to open up relationship with Cuba, but also that being sort of uh, up in the air with the new administration. Um, and f- you know that question then uh, asking families to reflect on you know C- Cuban American families what they hope to see uh, in that regard, and so. Um, I think we we see maybe the younger generations, um, for better or for worse, not having uh direct experience with that regime and wanting greater relations. Um, uh-huh. uh, but then older generations who have left uh for various many multitude of reasons. Uh, maybe being a little bit more reluctant. And um, I think that is something that, uh, you know, I don't I don't think I could have written a book about Cuban Americans without in some way <laughs> thinking well, on that or meditating on that to some degree.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the story here uh, starts in 1980, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, a rural Cuban family uh, is torn apart by the Mariel boat lift. Uh, sort of take us from there and tell us about this story that you're Unfolding
1: here. Sure, you know, the, so the Mario boat lift uh, happening in 1980, sort of a an unforeseen um, exodus um, of of uh, I think over 100,000 Cubans um, to the United States, um, and this was at a time, uh, at least based on my research, from when you know the the regime and the the efforts by the Cuban government to make the country and its system sustainable uh, were sort of uh, crumbling or falling or failing or coming up short. Um, and so folks were, were now starting to question the revolution and many folks were hoping to leave for a better life. And um, so that's where this family begins that story is sort of the mother uh, and they have the, mother and the father and they have uh, twins, a, a young man and a young girl. Um, and the mother is wanting to seize this as their chance to try a new life. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I think one of the things that's most interesting about the Mario Boatlift and sort of these moments in Cuban American history where you do have these sort of max exoduses is where they sort of present themselves um, and very quickly and dramatically I think Cuban families are faced with the choice
0: that, um, you know, other folks would like to have more time to think sure. about or consider. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I've seen you speak about uh, about the book and and your personal journey here is really interesting as well. This has taken you to places that that are both familiar and and strange uh, because of your own sort of past.
1: Yeah. So, you know, my so my father's from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, he left in 1950, uh, 1956, I believe. Um, and so he was only about five and a half when he left. He doesn't really remember much of the island itself. And when he thinks of his childhood, he thinks of Cuban Miami and uh, Hialeah, where he grew up. Um, but then my own family grew up in New England, which is why half the book is, is set in New England. <laughs> right. Those are the Cubans I knew, <laughs> which were my family <laughs> members. Um, so, you know, when I was approaching the book and starting to feel the pull to write it, it was... Uh, both a uh, a desire to better understand that part of my identity, um, but also understanding uh, that I was going to have to write it from a very great difference. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, distance, both geographically and culturally.
0: Yeah, uh, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but you traveled to Cuba uh, to to see some of the things that uh, that 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 frame the story.
1: I did. So, you know, uh, that's another element of that distance is I did not have the opportunity to go to Cuba while writing the book. Right. And so I took my first trip there this past fall, um, uh, part of a new foundation called the Cuba One Foundation, which was really just uh, marvelous. I got to go with 10 other uh, first and second generation Cuban Americans who'd also never been to the island. Yeah. so. Um, It was just uh, a tremendous gift in terms of getting to see and understand a place that I, you know, had only known through words (laughs) and other people's testimony up to that point. Yeah. Uh,
0: This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Derek Palacio. He's the author of a book called The Mortifications, a New York Times best book of 2016. Uh, Derek will be appearing at the Midwest Literary Walk in Chelsea at the end of this month, and we are talking about uh, his work and uh, the book and the appearance at the Midwest Literary Walk. Uh, t- talk about the, the the writing process. I always want uh, folks who come in who've written books to talk about just how you how you start. How you, yeah. get <laughs> it. How you get through it? you get it? I mean, it's it. it you know, as, as someone who writes much, much, much shorter pieces, I'm always sort of uh, overwhelmed by the, the what what looks to be an insurmountable task to mm-hmm. tell this long form story. Where did you? How did you decide where to start sure. this novel?
1: Um, I I should say I was very lucky. I didn't know I was writing a novel for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was just a long,
0: a really long story.
1: Um, but you know, I'd been thinking about my father's relationship to Cuba, which is, you know, to be aware of it, but to not really remember the place and what a fascinating, uh, position that is to occupy. Um, and then I had been reading some work by Roberto Bolaño and he has this wonderful story about, a. Uh, a lawyer in Argentina. He goes and lives in the countryside after, you know, 30 or 40 years. And the the countryside he remembers is not the one he encounters <laughs> when he goes back. Um, and so when, after I read that and, you know, I started thinking more about my father's life and, uh, and I just wanted to, to try that, to ask a question, what would it be like to have a character who doesn't remember a place from which they are ostensibly from, mm-hmm. um, and to send them back there some way, somewhere and somehow. Um, and I started writing and writing and it, and it kept growing. And at some point, I had a 200-page short story. Uh, at which point, my uh, advisor in <laughs> graduate school was like, "I think you, I think you're writing a novel. <laughs> I think this should be a book. She right? Probably wants to be its own book." Um, so, so, does I,
0: that allow you to sort of, I guess, blow up some of the themes and characters in a way that you maybe hadn't thought of as you were writing at first?
1: Yeah, very much so. You know, the the book originally was really uh, focused on Ulysses, the son, in the story. Um, and once I knew and came to a point of understanding that it was going to be, it was really, it had to be a family narrative and have each member of the family, Soledad and uh, his sister Isabel especially, needed their own um, equal, if not greater time and space on the page. Yeah. Then it was sort of a relief to be like, okay, it's a novel now and I can really <laughs> let, th- let their stories uh, dominate as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I am also someone who's who's reconnecting with, a parent uh, who, who's sort of at a distance in terms mm. of uh, both time and and distance. My dad died when I was 14, but oh, wow. he was from uh, Natchez, Mississippi, and I have started to get to know him again now oh, through okay. visits there and and digging through things like that. Uh, how do you think that will shape sort of your future work, uh, That that process of getting to know him better, of getting closer to him by – for instance, going to Cuba uh, and seeing where he was from.
1: You know, it's, I, I'm lucky that I have other uh, uncles and family members who have these sort of uh, uh, different experience of Cuba. So my father was very young, but his older brother is about 10 years older than him. So he really remembers Cuba and he yeah. really remembers it as as a, a place he grew up in a homeland. Um, so you know, I'm lucky that it brings me closer to my father to spend time in Miami and then to to go to Cuba and tell him about some of the things I encounter there. Uh, But I also just feel equally lucky that I get to then share that with my extended Cuban family um, and sort of talk about what I saw versus what they remember. Um, With the writing, you know, I think um, the thing that is most exciting, at least for me, and I I think this might be true of some of the other folks I went on that trip with, um, that when you go to Cuba for the first time, you then get to start having your own relationship with the island. And you get to, um, and not that those intermediaries beforehand, Served you poorly, um, but there's something amazing about having your own experiences and your own memories of a place that has loomed so large in your mind for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, again, does that will that shape the work? Uh, that's always the thing that runs through my mind: is how will my work be different because of that knowledge, that connection that yeah. I never had before.
1: Well, I think you, you can't leave um, a place you visited without having a better sense of how dynamic it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as much research as I've done, as many books as I've read, and many times I've talked to my family or my father about Cuba, all those, uh, all that truth uh, is defined by the parameters of their own experience. Yes. And so to go to Cuba and see And to things, have your own. Yeah, to it just like that contradicts something I thought about this place, <laughs> or I did not know that about that, or I had no idea how the Internet worked in Cuba. Right. Um, you come back and at least I, I hope this reflects in my work a, a sense of a country that is um, that's bigger than any book I can write and you know I'm just trying to get at some parts of it from you know going forward
0: yeah okay Derek Palacio author of The Mortifications uh, appearing at the Midwest Literary Walk in Chelsea later this month thank you very much for being thank here you so much for having me today. Yeah. all right that's going to do it for me this week I'll be back on Monday I hope you will too this is 1019 WDET Detroit's public radio station See you next week.